Hey, it's Keith. Did you know you can take Neighbor to Neighbor anywhere you go? Just look for Neighbor to Neighbor on iTunes or Google Play or anywhere else you get your podcasts and subscribe. Also, we'd love it if you would leave us a review so more people can enjoy these stories from our community. Thank you. Welcome to Neighbor to Neighbor, a podcast focused on highlighting extraordinary individuals and organizations making an impact in our community. Neighbor to Neighbor is produced by WeQ, a not-for-profit cooperative credit union based in Bellingham, Washington. If you've ever wanted to do something that you've never done before, it can feel intimidating, especially if you don't see anyone doing it that looks like you. There's a nonprofit in Bellingham that was formed around this idea. They created programs that welcome women to the world of outdoor recreation and extreme sports. My name is Keith Mater, and on this episode of Neighbor to Neighbor, I speak with Carrie Humphreys, a co founder of the nonprofit Shifting Gears. So, Carrie, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Thanks for having me, Keith. I'd love to just start right at the beginning. Um, uh, tell me the story of Shifting Gears. Certainly. Uh, I'm glad we have a little bit of time. <laughs> Shifting Gears uh, has a, a pretty rich background. We started talking about Shifting Gears three or four years ago. A couple friends of mine actually invited me on one of their bike tours, and it was a pilot program for a business. Um, and what they learned in this pilot program when they invited 12 of their friends who were brand new to brand new or maybe experienced with biking, but still um, uh, maybe new to overnight camping, um, we all went together on this bike ride to Anacortes. We stayed one night on the way to Anacortes at the um, Bayview State Park. And for me, this was my very first ride over, you know, 10 miles. Um, <laughs> and the first time sort of getting on a bike and loading up what I could and then getting to a camp spot and staying there and then getting on my bike the next morning and moving along on the journey. And while it was a uh, really educational and inspiring opportunity for me personally, um, what it showed my friends was that their business plan was going to have, their business would have a hard time sort of attracting the clientele that they wanted to serve. Um, that kind of trip would cost hundreds of dollars per participant in order to sort of make ends meet and make it a viable business plan. So they kind of, that trip for them sort of put things on hold um, and they did not move forward with developing the business. Fast forward several months, maybe six or seven months later, um, one of those two friends asked me and another friend to get together for a hike. And we went hiking in the, um, what is it, the Simpson Nature Preserve? We went for a little jaunt around the woods and we just got into talking about our own personal experiences with um, sports and how welcomed we felt in outdoor recreation. And my friend Jenny, who brought us out here, was really into biking and really wanted to just sort of see the culture of outdoor recreation change to be more welcoming towards women. And we realized that we had a lot of similarities um, in our visions. And they sort of literally on that day collided and shifting gears or the idea of shifting gears was born. So um, 
we didn't let our sort of energy around the idea die. We sat down immediately over a glass of wine right after our hike um, at Brandywine, downtown Bellingham. <laughs> and we pulled out our computers. We pulled them out and we started brainstorming and we started just jotting down ideas. We wanted this organization to encapture. And so we invited back to the table our uh, friend Kate, who was a part of the original business plan. So the four of us got together and we started drafting what became our mission statement. Eventually we got to naming the organization um, and it became shifting gears. And very quickly after that, we started putting the pieces together for a nonprofit application. So we started a bunch of pilot programs. We started taking our friends and friends of friends on bike rides and mountain bike rides and hikes and and uh, just sort of going through the motion of planning these trips, these guided experiences in the outdoors just to play around with it and get some feedback from people. And so we have been planning and providing uh, mountain bike rides and hikes and road bike rides, um, camping experiences, overnight experiences, seminars and workshops, uh, pretty much anything that brings people together um, to provide a really safe and non-intimidating space to explore what it means to recreate outside. That's awesome. First of all, it's really cool to hear the journey and kind of like this idea and this like you're like, you know, let's make this happen. And but I think what I'm really curious to go into a little bit more is that that first conversation where where you're talking about your experiences and it's from your experiences that stemmed the need. Mm -hmm. So tell me more about maybe what those experiences were, where the need came from, that sort of thing. Yeah, um, my, I'll tell you about my personal journey. Uh, I think it's really applicable and I can speak to it better than anybody else's experiences. But um, I had this feeling for a long time, this like itch almost, um, about bikes. I mean, I see people biking all over town. I see them, you know helmetless on a cruiser going downtown for dinner with their partner or um, bikes strapped to the back of a car and you can tell they're going out of town and they're going someplace and their bikes look like they're ready to be loaded up with panniers and they're doing something. And so I had this itch like, oh, I think I want to do that, but I have no idea how to do it. And it also appeared, and this is totally just my own idea, right? But it appeared like anybody on their bike, no matter what form of biking they were doing, they knew what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't feel like I knew what I was doing. So I was intimidated, really intimidated. Um, there by, felt like there are barriers to entry yeah, to the sport. Absolutely. And my barrier to entry was, well, of course, I didn't have a bike. But then I also really didn't know what I would do if I had one. You know, I mentioned that I'd gone on that really great bike ride from here to Anacortes over two days. That's a 50-mile bike ride. Um, right before that bike ride, I'd purchased a bike. I'd purchased a mountain bike. So I let my, I parked my mountain bike in my kitchen. And there it sat for two, three months. But it still wasn't until sometime mid-October of that year that my friends took me out and they said, okay, we're going to do this. We're taking you mountain biking tomorrow. We're going to meet at this time at this place and we're going to take you out on the trails. And we did. Um, and I had so much fun. 
so much fun. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and at the end of that ride, I had so much adrenaline. I was so happy. I felt like I had just found my thing. And so uh, we agreed to go mountain biking again the next day. And it sounds like kind of as you connect your journey, your the need and all that kind of stuff, the big difference maker from getting that bike from your kitchen or your dining room, whatever it was you said, to actually getting on the mountain and saying, oh, this is my thing, it required people, it required friends, it mm-hmm. required guides. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's definitely that hand-holding of, um, hey, you've got this, girl. Let's go do it. Um, I'll show you that you're capable of this and you're going to have a blast. Um, and that is absolutely 100% the ki- kind of environment and experience that we are providing other people in our programs. Hey, it's Keith here. And in a minute, I'll get back to my conversation with Carrie Humphreys, a co-founder of Shifting Gears. But first, I wanted to let you know about a new video series we keep started a couple months back. Every Friday, we post a new episode of the Friday Financial Minute with Reed. Reed is WeQ's Director of Community Impact, and he's been teaching financial education for years. These one-minute videos cover many topics, including saving, budgeting, building credit, and many more. Subscribe today and improve your financial life one minute at a time. So... Clearly, you guys focus on recreational activities like road biking, mountain biking, hiking, things like that for women. Um, And you kind of perceived the world of like mountain biking, for instance, as kind of a men's thing. And that was additional barrier for you and kind of feeling like you felt comfortable trying it out. Yes. Yeah, you're spot on with that. Um, It's certainly easy to feel intimidated um, by... You know, when you pull up to that parking lot and you see that most of the people that are grabbing bikes to go up into the mountain are men, um, that's a really clear kind of indication or um, or even just provides an opportunity for that feeling to spark like, oh, do I belong here? It seems like these folks have who know what they're doing and look like they're having a great time while they're doing it. Um, And I can say that I think that's changing a little bit. I mean, not only do I see upwards of 20 people in our mountain bike rides, I also see when I'm out on my personal rides, I see a good mix of men and women. So I do think that that's changing. Um, I think shifting gears is a part of that change, Um, but it's certainly still a reality for folks. Um, It can still certainly be a barrier. Cool. I I think I can understand that a little bit as far as like, I'm trying to think of an example. I just remember like even being younger and seeing older kids doing something and being like, oh, well, I don't know if I could if I could do that. I don't see anyone like me that's out here doing this. And if I had seen people that look like me, um, that would have felt a lot more accessible. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Cool. So you guys started this nonprofit, you got the approval, you started taking people out, and it seems like what you offered kind of grew from just biking to more things. Can you talk about kind of how your offerings grew with time and what those are? Yeah, so we started out with mountain biking once a month, uh, road biking once a month, and a hike once a month. 
um, over time we saw the need in each of those three program areas to be to be a little different than what we initially anticipated. Uh, for example, hiking. Um, people, it seems to us like our hikes that were that we hosted here locally, really close to us um, on Chuckanut Mountain, for example, were not super well attended or excitable. But things further away, up at Mount Baker, or um, yeah, a lot of hikes out at Mount Baker. But there's a few that you could start in one place and end in another. So hikes that would be a little bit less approachable for someone driving themselves and a friend, for example, up to the mountain. Um, so that transportation piece to a further away destination and maybe a hike that has a logistical element like you know being dropped off and picked up at a different spot. Um, that is really where our hikes are thriving right now is those, those further away experiences that are different than what you would do if you were looking for something a half an hour away from here. Maybe it feels like it's a bigger barrier to entry. Yeah. Feeling like you need somebody to kind of show you the way, that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, I've experienced in my personal life just feeling a, a bit nervous about driving up a forest service road to uh, a trailhead that, you know, sometimes they're well marked and sometimes they're not. And so I really like it when a friend can go with me on the first time to a new location. Um, who might know where they're going and then I can learn and I would feel better about it the second time around. Cool. So it's, it's kind of that model. Yeah. Um, and um, we, we provide the transportation so it's a it feels like a community thing because you have even an hour, an hour and a half to just be in the car with each other and nice. be chatting and getting to know each other. And so once we get up there and they're on the mountain and they're um, we're doing something that's strenuous and, and challenging sometimes for folks and, and you've already built this community of safety so um, you go at your own pace and um, doesn't matter what that pace is you have leaders who are going that pace with you and it's all about uh, it's about community um, and getting to see these amazing views um, and so our road biking um, has maintained a monthly road bike and those are great they're a little bit um, they also take us out of town most of the time so the mileage is it can be strenuous or a challenge um, but we will go out to Lummi Island, um, and I love that ride. I think that's one of my favorites because it's 15 miles out of town. It doesn't take too long to get out of town. Uh, Marine View Drive, we hug, hug the bay almost the whole way, so cool. beautiful view. Yeah. Um, looking out from Bellingham and then looking back at Bellingham and Mount Baker and the islands, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you get out there, we always, um, I, I like when I lead that ride, I like to have some flexibility in what happens next. There's a cafe right there at the ferry terminal. Sometimes we just go there. Sometimes we go three miles further to a pristine sandy beach. I'm pretty sure it might be the only sandy beach out there. And it's um, it's gorgeous. It looks north. It's um, usually the timing is just right where the sun is right on us. So it's warm and sandy. And sometimes we'll take the whole road loop around the island, which adds another seven miles, but it's beautiful and um, offers views in all different directions from Lummi Island. And so I love that one because it kind of gives you a little bit of an opportunity for a choose your own adventure once you get there. Um, And so folks can choose whatever they're up for and and then we make the the ride back. And something that we always offer with our road rides is um, we always have somebody on call for an emergency pickup. So no matter where we are on our route, a car with a bike rack could come pick us up or pick one person up 
So that's just a, you know, it doesn't happen very often. But, but I it makes lo- you feel more comfortable. Totally. That's yeah. the purpose of that. And cool. for folks who have taken advantage of it, it's been a, a wonderful opportunity to be able to push yourself out of town further than you think you might want to go. And then uh, to have sort of that safety net to say, yeah, at any moment, you do not have to stay committed to this. <laughs> we don't want anyone to have a miserable time. So as soon as you're feeling not great, it's time for this for this car to come up and, and save our day. So, um, and let's see, our camping adventures have, uh, have been really wonderful. We do a bike packing trip that goes from the Kona bike shop. Um, it starts and ends at the Kona bike shop. Bike packing. Bike not packing. backpacking. Bike packing. Ah, okay. So you load your mountain bike with a seat post bag comes out from under your seat, um, and your handlebar can have a bag going across it. You mm. could have a, a bag in your frame, yeah. um, and a lot of us wear a backpack or or a fanny pack or something else to have other things. But it's very minimal camping. Mm. I mean, it's it's tricky to get your tent on a bike like that. So you're either um, I've done it in a bivy sack before, just slept outside before, um, and occasionally we, for this bikepacking adventure, we have a car meet us at our camping gotcha. destination. Nice. So there's always the opportunity to throw a tent or extra gear that doesn't fit in your bike um, in the car. But it's a really great uh, first experience with bikepacking because it kind of gives you the opportunity to try out some bags because we'll fit mm. you with bags. Mm-hmm. And so you can try out a set. And it's uh, sometimes it's just trying something for the first time to realize like, oh, well, you know what, this is this is okay, but I know what I want now. Um, so it's a it's a door opener for folks who are curious about bike packing, and it's a pretty great route. We'll go through Whatcom Falls Park and Galbraith and have lunch at Lake Patton, cool. and then take the trail from Lake Patton down through Ferryvin Royal Park onto the inner urban trail and go out towards Larrabee State Park. Um, We're almost entirely on the trail that entire route. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but once we get to the campsite, we all crack open a beverage. It is like um, the energy is just buzzing. People are talking about how they never expected that they could even physically do something like that. And That's cool. That's really cool. It's kind of like almost like you, you all like conquer something together. You feel closer as a result. Absolutely, yes. Pretty cool. Um, I notice you have something called Moms Outdoors. Mm-hmm. Tell me about Moms Outdoors. Oh, Moms Outdoors is a we piloted this program this last spring, and the intent of Moms Outdoors is to build a space where moms can get together and and go outside with their kids. Um, a lot of the moms who participate in the program have um, have lots of outdoor experience themselves, or maybe they don't. Um, but even the ones who do, they it's different now. They have a kid, um, and often it's young kids. Um, so they're thinking about like, you know, if they're wearing their kid, for example, they have a pack, backpack or a front pack or whatever. I'm not sure the right words, but both. They're um, yeah. curious about what the 
best ones are or what the you know what they actually need to be able to take care of themselves and their kiddo out on the trail mm-hmm. um, and it's a space where folks can get together regularly um, to try to sort of um, from what I hear I'm not a mother so I don't have the firsthand experience but I hear it can be sometimes isolating mm-hmm. um, to be a, especially a new mom um, and so yeah, just um, a space where folks can show up and be kind of in whatever is going on in that day for them. Um, you're still you're welcome here, and we can go out and do a little walk someplace in town that's accessible and easy to, to kind of show up to with your little one and um, practice kind of being outside and learning what to pack and how to pack and um, what the right stroller or pack is yeah. for you and for your kid and for the experience you're looking to have. Nature, community, all good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So you mentioned a couple times that you have some fundraisers that you guys do throughout the years. Yeah. I'm curious, what are your fundraisers? Um, we have a couple of great events each year. Um, the Bike Swap has become an annual event for us. This will be our third year doing it. The last two years it was hosted in March. We're going to push it to May. Um, to to celebrate Bike to Work uh, Day oh, and cool. biking. It's kind of a, the whole month sort of seems to have biking events and celebrations here in Bellingham. So mm. we'd like to kind of match up that. What are other bike events? The Bike to Work Party on Bay Street is something that okay. Smart Trips in the City has been doing the last couple of years. Cool. It's like a bike polo tournament that happens there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, Shifting Gears usually hosts the beer garden at that event um, as a little fundraiser. But yeah, so the bike swap models after the ski swap, which has been in Bellingham for quite a bit Uh, of time. At Bloedale Donovan Park? Yes, yes. And they have this, um, I mean, we do the same thing. It's you bring your bike and your bike gear, bike clothing, um, bike parts. It's not not typically bike parts, but um, sometimes. And certainly things like tires and um, we bring all of our folks can bring all of their stuff that they want to sell to us and they set the price and then we'll sell it. We organize everything and um, have folks there that are helpful uh, for people who are looking for a specific type of bike or specific type of part or um, accessory and uh, we'll sell everything and then um, we keep 25% of the proceeds or the the sales I guess and then um, we'll write a check for 75% of the sale price back to the owner Um, yeah and there's always folks who decide that they just want to donate and that's great too because if it sells then we'll get 100% of the, the, the sale and if it doesn't sell then we have an opportunity to either um, maybe keep that bike in our bike fleet so that we have loaner bikes to loan out to folks who don't have one, um, which can obviously be a very big barrier if someone wants to get out there on a bike and they don't have one. So we like to have opp- opportunities for people on hand. Um, so we'll hang on to some of the stuff that, and it'll be directly used in our programs, um, or we'll hang on to it for the following year and you'll see those items come back for sale. Cool. Yeah. And then I think you uh, you just had... A fundraiser that was a pretty fun one surrounding cider. Tell me about that. Yeah, so cider has been blooming in Bellingham. Um, the industry of cider, craft cider, um, 
you know, we've had the, the Honeymoon Mead and Cider Company here for a long, long time, but there are three newer ones that popped up over the last several years. So Herb Cider, Lost Giant Cider, and Bellingham Cider Company. Um, and so with the buzz of that, of all of those businesses kind of coming to life and um, and bringing life to a new craft alcohol scene here in Bellingham, um, we it coincided, the timing of all of that kind of coincided with the the establishment of shifting gears. Um, and as a just sort of funny coincidence, several of the folks on our founding team for Shifting Gears have been a part of major beer festival planning mm. in Bellingham. One of our founders um, was really close in the startup of, of Stone's Throw Brewery because her husband's a co-owner there, and that's Nadine. And, Jenny was the April Brews Day planner before me, and um, that's another one of my my projects now. So she's a Boundary Bay, isn't she? And she's the Boundary Bay event planner, oh, communications funny. director. Nice. So we've all had this world of beer and and beer festivals and events um, as part of our other lives. So, so now with shifting gears and with cider, we really wanted to celebrate cider, but we also have this. For me, a very personal goal of bringing a cider festival to Bellingham. I plan beer festivals, but I don't get to drink any of the beer because I have celiac disease. I can't. Mm-hmm. So cider is um, has always been a, a little seed in my mind of, you know, someday I'd love to do a cider festival. Um, and the timing just worked out super great. Um, the cideries got to a place where they were kind of ready to do something. Um, and they started building Bellingham Cider Week, which is in September. So Shifting Gears started sipping on cider um, three years ago, two years ago, was it? We've had it. We just had our second annual sipping on cider, and um, it was really fun. Um, we had a great band. The High Mountain String Band was there, and we moved them. We had some. We shifted some things around from our first to second year. So in our first year, we had music outside. The second year, we put the music inside. It's October. It was cold um, and expected to be dark and a little rainy. So so we moved the band inside, and we had 12 cideries represented. We had some beer available, too, for folks who come wanting beer. Um, and so obviously with our four local cideries here, we had 12. So we brought other cideries in from other places. Um, from, uh, I think the furthest away was probably Two Town Cidery out of Corvallis, Oregon, and a couple of cideries from the Portland area, um, Seattle, Everett. Um, so it's really great representation of what's happening in the Pacific Northwest, or especially the western side of the mountains. Um, and... Um, one of my favorite things about sipping on cider is that we collect all of our furniture from our houses, our patios, our offices, and we make these little um, funky hipster lounges speckled throughout the event. So we had four different lounges. They're named after apples. (laughs) And it's, uh, you know, surrounded by plants and lamps and funny decor and rugs so that it's really a spot where somebody could come and just chill out and sip along on their cider and enjoy the music. a little different than a lot of like the beer festivals, right? Where you have like 
crowds of people all just standing together. Standing room only kind of yeah. situation. Yeah, um, we're really hoping to find a good balance of, you know, enough of a crowd that it is a party and brings in some funds for shifting gears and really celebrates this thriving and growing craft cider industry. Um, but also, yeah, have some space for, for games and for these lounges and um, really invites people to stick around and hang out. And we kind of joke, but it's not really a joke, um, that this event is meant for kind of the inner Bellingham hipster to come out and chill with us. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just a couple more questions as we kind of go along here. Um, I saw that you guys give a Wild Woman of the Year award out. Yeah. What is what is that award? What does it mean? I'm so glad that you asked. So last year we started this um, Wild Women Week. It's the week of uh, International Women's Day, which happens on March 8th. And last year um, that date fell on a Friday. So we thought, well, we're a group that celebrates and honors women and people who identify as women and so um, this seems like our holiday we should do something about that and um, so we we built an event that was just for women and folks got really dressed up in funny costumes or their most elegant dress um, old prom dresses came in the room I mean anything you can think of that somebody might feel beautiful in um, was represented in the room um, and so there was a special kind of buzz in the air that night and what we did that day is uh, we awarded a woman of the year and we had asked for nominations for the woman of the year uh, throughout the week and even the weeks prior um, the entire Wild Women Week hosted all kinds of women-only events, um, and other nonprofits and businesses also hosted, in, in collaboration with Shifting Gears, women events. And so they were kayaking. Um, it was, uh, we did a bike ride and a hike. Um, I can't remember all of the individual events, but there were multiple each night that week. And the idea was just to get women together to go outside and then our wild women of the year award went to somebody who is instrumental in making the outdoors a welcoming space for um for women and so our nominations were uh we had a wide range of nominations it was really fun and inspiring to read about all of these amazing women in our community and what they do to contribute to a welcoming outdoor environment and um and what we ultimately chose um my friend elma for the for the nomination, I actually met her that night. Um, I can say my friend because we we met and made friendship right there. Cool. Um, but she is she's someone who uh, intends to make fishing in Alaska a safer and more welcoming environment and industry for women. Cool. Well, I think my last question for you, uh, and again, I really appreciate your time. Is you know, if you could wave a magic wand, you could say, you know, in the future, shifting gears looks like this what would that what would that wand wave produce oh that is such a good question uh, I have many many goals um, I'll name just a couple I would love to see um, I would love to see Bellingham so this is bigger than just shifting gears I would love to see Bellingham have more uh, bike 
safety initiatives. I know that they're doing a lot of work on creating safe bike lanes in certain parts of town. And I would love to see that work continue so that there are more and more separate bike lanes, not just right up next to a car lane, but with a buffer zone in between. Oh, that's cool. I think that makes it a lot safer for young people and kids to learn how to ride a bike on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and also for cyclists that are um, I mean, it's pretty prevalent that people get hit by a car on their bike. Um, it's something I think about every single time I'm on my bike. And I'd like to see less and less of that happening because um, ultimately I think it's better for everybody if we have safe bike culture here. And I think we're moving in that direction. We're doing a lot of great things as a city. But if I were to wave a magic wand, it would be that that safety element mm. of deciding to get on a bike on the road um, would not be as big of a concern as it is now. Um, I know that would help a lot of our participants, and I think that there'd just there'd just be more people willing to to do that um, if it were safer. Um, but as far as our programming goes, I'd like to see more camping adventures. I love the overnight experience because I think it just builds and cultivates a a community atmosphere in a different way than um, than a day trip. Um, but I would like us to start maybe seeking other sports as well. Um, I'd love to hear from the community to see, you know, what's needed and what sports are kind of out there as ideas or wants, but there isn't maybe that stepping stone organization to get to, you know, do this activity with you. Do you have anything in mind? Well, I know that there are a lot of kayak groups already, but I love kayaking. Um... And anything else up in the mountains. I mean, I think that there's some opportunity for skiing and even cross-country skiing and snowshoeing. I'm down with anything on the water. So um, getting sailing to be a little more accessible to folks would be amazing as well. But again, I know that there are some organizations working on that kind of stuff. Um, The Community Boating Center is wonderful for access to boats and sailboats and lessons. So Yeah. um, yeah. Cool. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. Thank you. I really enjoyed my time here. And if someone wanted to learn more about Shifting Gears, how would they do that? Um, Visiting our website would probably be the quickest and easiest way. Um, Our website or our Facebook page. So our website is letsshiftgears.com. And our Facebook and Instagram handles are both also letsshiftgears. Cool. Of those places, we try to keep them as up to date as possible with what's coming up with our events and with um, seminars and workshops and programs. Thanks for listening to Neighbor to Neighbor, a community-driven conversation highlighting individuals and organizations making an impact in our community. Neighbor to Neighbor is produced by WeQ. Hey, it's Keith. Did you know? You can take Neighbor to Neighbor anywhere you go. Just look for Neighbor to Neighbor on iTunes or Google Play or anywhere else you get your podcasts and subscribe. Also, we'd love it if you would leave us a review so more people can enjoy these stories from our community. Thank you. Unless specifically stated otherwise, WeQ does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast, and information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement.